0: my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to a Conversation with Two Geeks, the podcast where we're talking about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today we will talk about everything from the Tom and Jerry trailer to Wonder Woman 1984, going to max and theaters, and all that and more on a conversation with two geeks.
1: Also, we're on Twitter at combo with two geeks with the number two. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. Also, if you want to shoot us an email, Please email us at conversation with two geeks at gmail dot com. And all of these links and our link to our main website with all these links we'll have in the show notes.
0: How are you doing today, Jamie?
1: Uh, I'm doing good. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Um, almost the holidays.
1: Yeah, round in the corner. Thanksgiving next week.
0: Yep. And
1: um yeah, we'll see how everything goes through the holidays.
0: Yeah, especially this year.
1: Yeah. It's a little um, bit crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've already seen. I saw one ridiculous thing where there's like a bunch of people like at an airport, and i was just like, Jesus Christ. Um, also, to our viewers, well, actually, this will be post Thanksgiving when you listen to this, or but just like, don't travel, please. Like, several states have had to go back on lockdown. Mm-hmm. This is our informative PSA of the day.
1: Yeah, just be safe, be smart, wear your mask, use hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Just, just do the things we're supposed to do, and maybe soon we'll be out of this.
0: But we'll be out of the QA or quarantine apocalypse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, on to our first topic. Um, we got a trailer for the Tom and Jerry movie. Um, uh, uh, the synopsis reads: One of the most beloved rivalries in history is reunited when Jerry moves to New York's finest hotel on the eve of the wedding of the century. For the event's desperate planner played by Chloe Grace Moretz, to hire Tom to get rid of him. The ensuring cat and mouse battle friends to destroy her career, the wedding, and possibly the hotel itself. But soon, an even bigger problem arises, a da- diabolically ambitious staffer uh, co-ins- uh, co-inspiring against all three of them. Uh, the film is directed by Tim Story, written by Co- uh, Kevin Costello, and starring Chloe Grace Moretz, Michael Pena, Rob Delaney, Colin Jost, and Ken John. The film is for release on March 5th, 2021. Jamie, what'd you think about this trailer?
1: Um. Okay, so I just watched the trailer. Um, Like, it looks cute. I, I used to watch the show all the time as a kid. It used to be on in the background in the mornings. Um, it's just, it's a cute thing. I don't know why they're making a movie now about it. Because, like, I feel like nobody's asking for a Tom and Jerry movie. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of cute. And I think kids will really, really like it. And um, it, it has like, it feels like it has that kind of classic Tom and Jerry, a little bit of like that feel to it. What do you think mm-hmm. about it?
0: I, this was interesting because I first heard about this and I'm just like, all right, I'm really curious how they're going to pull this off because apparently they were going to be doing, rather than doing kind of a, kinda a um, Smurfs, thank God, <laughs> thank mm-hmm. freaking God, I would have, I, I would have had to claw my eyes out.
1: You know, I've never seen the Smurfs.
0: That's a good thing.
1: I consider
0: consider that a good thing.
1: Oh, are they that bad?
0: (laughs) I mean, look, the first two at least. I mean, I know the third one's okay, um, mainly because I think they went back to just CGI animation. But then also just yeah, it's it's bad, and it also has someone from Glee in it. Um, what's the other teacher's name of the one that Mr. Schuster likes? The girl. Yeah. Oh,
1: um.
0: Yeah, she's in it.
1: I forgot the actress's name. I think it's like Emma, G- Emma Pillsbury.
0: Yeah.
1: That's her character name in Glee. I, I don't remember the actress's name, but she's good. Like, that actress is good. That's. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Wait, I know Neil and like, Patrick Harris is in the second one.
0: He's in, I think he's in the first one as well. I always consider oh. those to be Neil Patrick Harris's paycheck movies.
1: Oh, yeah. 100%.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, no, this. I mean, it definitely has the Tom and Jerry vibe. I also maybe, and then this is, and we kind of about this off screen, but um, um, Jerry's kind of an asshole.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: And I always like Jerry.
1: It's just, I don't know. Their feud was always very funny, very weird, and very violent. Very violent. Very violent. Um, that poor cat got beat up so many times, like messing around and like all the different conniptions they got into and stuff yeah, yeah. it's interesting
0: yeah it's <laughs> just, yeah no it's just yeah no but i mean it, it looks fine it looks fine and it looks also watchful. also i do kind of dig the whole 2d animation thing
1: no mm-hmm. well, uh, it looks pretty good like it, it fit weirdly mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: and again it's easier on the eyes because mm-hmm. i won't have to like claw my eyes out <laughs> so yeah so, yeah, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious about it, um, and yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic, we, um, do you remember the Pink
1: Panther? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I don't have a, a lot of knowledge about this. Um, I do vaguely remember a Pink Panther movie a while ago, but I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever saw it. What do you think about it?
0: Um, I, I remember seeing the first one. I think I might even have a copy of the first one, okay. uh, the first Steve Martin one. But yeah, no, the Pink Panther property has always been interesting to me. Um, so, yeah, um, according to Hollywood Reporter, Jeff Fowler, the director of Sonic the Hedgehog, and Chris Bremer, who co wrote Bad Boys for Life, are teaming up on a new um, Pink Panther feature project. For those that don't remember the property, the Pink Panther was a series of comedy mystery films featuring French detective Inspector Josh mm-hmm. Goodsoe, played previously by Peter Sellers and Steve Martin, respectively. It was also a cartoon character who first appeared in the opening credits, but proved so popular that he became the star of numerous cartoon series in the ensuring decades. Um, the film is being spearheaded by producers Dan Lin Dan and Jonathan Elrich, who did Aladdin and the Two Popes, as well as Lawrence Mercer, and this is going to be an interesting one, Julie Andrews
1: wow okay
0: yeah um so who was married to um so she was married to um blake edwards the original co-writer and director of the sellers films i did not know that till today
1: that's interesting love Mm -hmm. me julie andrews though she's fantastic
0: yeah uh the deal complicated by several rights rights holders and a search for the right take has been in the works since the beginning of the year uh sources tell the hollywood report that while plot deals are being kept in a vault the story will focus on a smooth operating inspector who thanks to a traumatic event ha- now has a pink Panther for an imaginary friend. The later, although he doesn't speak does help solve the case.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: So this, yeah. Um, this is-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited to see a trailer for this, just to see what it's going to be about. Cause I remember seeing pink Panther trailers a mm-hmm. lot. Um, But I honestly can't, if I see the movie, I honestly cannot remember. I remember seeing Steve Martin as the detective dude in a trailer, I believe. So,
0: yeah. Also, there's that classical thing. that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, the music is iconic. It's good.
0: Yeah. Also, I just realized I've had that stuck in my head for like several years, and I, I was wondering, is that from Mission Impossible or something? Mm-hmm. But then I was like, no, that's not from Mission Impossible. It doesn't have the to... mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's just <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's where it's from.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's funny.
0: Anyways, um, okay. So moving on to kind of another topic, um, our next topic. Um, so, Black Panther 2 um, is set to start shooting in July and they casted the villain. Um, according to the Hollywood Reporter, Marvel is now writing Black Panther 2 for a shoot that will start in Atlanta in July and will last upwards for six months. Sources tell the publication that Mexican actor Tenoch Herrera, who was in uh, Mar- Narcos, Mexico, is intoxicating one of the antagonists. Lee Wright, Lupin Iago, Wilson Duke, and Angela Bassett are expected to return from the new feature with something. saying Wright's character Suri may take on a more prominent role. This makes sense because Suri does become a, does become, does take on the mantle of Black Panther for a while in the comics. And well, and when Chadwick passed, actually, and this is something I actually found it really interesting. Marvel Comics released about 600 Black Panthers comics for free on Comixology. Some of which in those comics took place during her time as the hero. So
1: interesting.
0: This is always, I, I always had a feeling that this was probably going to be like where the series was going to be going but you know due to the unfortunate passing of chadwick which i'm not gonna lie still kind of it still kind of hurts a little
1: yeah it's very still very sad it makes the most sense i feel like that transition like having siri take on the mantle makes the most sense Mm because i know some people wanted um, um killmonger to come back yeah and somehow do that Literally, like don't get me wrong we all love Michael B Jordan he's fantastic yeah, exactly. and I know that's like 90% of the reason why people wanted him yeah back. but yeah. Siri taking on the role makes like the most sense and be the least like complicated I feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. To, to like transition to her because they couldn't make up a really good idea for her to take it on
0: yeah. I feel like yeah. and from what I've been able to get from online it seems like it's really split down the middle of between doing a recasting. Or Surrey taken on. And personally, I'm more towards Surrey because, um, mm-hmm. like, as much as I love T'Challa, he is, and unf- Chadwick owned that role. Yeah. Chadwick owned that role and stuff. So there's that. Um, I,
1: I feel like it makes more sense. Because I feel like, like, you're right. I feel like Chadwick really became Black Panther to a lot of people. And I feel like recasting him would, would be too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right way to say that. Yeah. But I feel like if Siri took it on, I feel like it'd be easier to get people behind it mm-hmm. because she's not, because she's his sister in the movies. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it still kind of feels like it's not somebody new coming in and taking over. It's somebody we already kind of know who a lot of people yeah. like.
0: Yeah. And, and plus, she, yeah. yeah.
1: And she's awesome in her own right, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think, yeah, so I kind of have sort of a theory slash idea for how they can approach this because. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, like, what if it's just not one person anymore? Mm. What if it's, like, three people? Like, Suri, Nakia, and Okoye.
1: That would be interesting. Like, have yeah. three people who have costumes and go out. E-
0: either three people that have costumes or go out, or three people that share the mantle, respectively. And we know Nikki becomes a villain. And mm. Nikki becomes a villain. And Okoye, and Okoye, she could be a mentor figure to, to um, Suri who now is thrusted into this role. So you're like, okay, what the hell do I do? I was always meant to be the sidekick.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely an interesting approach that they could take. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see what Disney and Marvel decides to do because um, mm-hmm. they're kind of in a weird situation. But I feel like um, Sherry being having, even if she doesn't take on the mantle, giving her more stuff to do makes a lot of sense.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and I, I, I concur, and also, I just, I also want to mention, I also have sort of an idea of how, because honestly, the way I also feel like oh, I'm, I'm just, I, I've been reading a lot of internet comments about this. Mm-hmm. One thing I do want to address is that I feel like respectfully, I think T'Challa should die, or if they decide to kill off T'Challa, because who knows, they might have to do the Carrie fishing thing where they have to kill him off. Um, and they said that and they also said they're not doing a digital model LA like um, what's his face Um, like Carrie Fisher in uh, the last Star Wars movie they're not doing that so I feel okay. like if they were to kill him off um, I don't want to be done by a villain I want it to be done um, via natural causes or and not to say that cancer is a natural cause but you know like through you know cancer and I don't know I just humanely because i feel like if it was done just by a villain it would it would, it would kind of wreck the film
1: i i i can agree i feel like that's what's going to be so complicated is how they're going to address if they kill him off let's like or why he's if they don't kill him off why he's gone like it's going to be complicated but i understand your reason i feel like if they have it just be a villain it could cheapen it a mm-hmm. lot um they had to come up with a decent reason why and why we didn't see it you know yeah, so. yeah.
0: it's just it, either way it, it's still I, i'm gonna be honest with you when i was trying to write up this one this was a bit sore for me like yeah, i was i, I was I, I was very hesitant to write it because this has been a lot so
1: yeah i know it's still very sad
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyways moving on to a much more happier topic mm-hmm. um, deadpool 3 gets bombed burgers writers Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> According to Deadline, Boxburgers veterans Wendy Mullen, Mullen I, I apologize to the writers for this, um, Mullen Mulnooks and Lizzie Mulnux uh will write Deadpool three with Ryan Reynolds set to reprise his role as the white-crimping superhero. Apparently, writers meetings have been taking place all over the past month with Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Was recently, meeting with a handful of writers to hear their pitches for the next installment. In the end, the studio and Ryan and Reynolds. I don't know why I'm calling him Ryan. I don't know him personally. <laughs> right, uh, Reynolds mm-hmm. saw the sisters' take as the perfect fit for what they wanted. The film remains in early development, but the hiring of the Manukes, uh, I, I am so sorry to these sisters, uh, to, this, to the Manukes sisters does mark the first major step in getting the next simple film into production. Also, according to sources, and this will probably be... Here. Um, also yeah. according to sources and this will most likely please everyone uh, the film will retain its R rating as well as um, have a new director however this will be the first Deadpool movie not to be written by Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese who wrote Deadpool 1 and 2 as well as *Zombieland*. its sequel, *Zombieland*, Double Tap interesting needed for three WGA award and has won the Annie award for their uh, 2017 episode The Hormonum so yeah um this is interesting
1: no th- yeah this is pretty cool um like the Deadpool I know lots of people love the Deadpool movies so um and mm-hmm. the sisters getting a chance to write it is awesome um they're from mm-hmm. um what is it the Good Burger is that how you say it or Bob's no, no, Burger Bob's
0: Burgers. Good Burger's Bob's- Nickelodeon
1: Nickelodeon I'm sorry I got those I got the yeah
0: my it's bad. okay i'm just like as soon as you said good burger I'm i know i messed up it bob's is.
1: burgers which makes a lot of sense um and stuff so should be cool um interesting yeah. that it's not gonna have this the guy who wrote the first two attached in any way mm-hmm. um so that's interesting but um yeah i mean reynolds is gonna be helping and stuff it looks like so should be good mm-hmm. what do you think
0: yeah i'm i'm curious about this um again i i've just you know as soon as i heard about this news i was like bob's burgers writers Hmm, interesting because you know because if you've seen bob's have you you seen bob's burgers
1: i haven't but i know isn't it kind of like family guy kind of like the same kind of sense of humor it
0: it kind of is but it's also more low-key
1: okay Okay. More low key
0: fun, more low key funny. Um, like it's it's funny, but yeah, it's kind of more like low key funny. It's not like Family Guy funny, but it's like,
1: mm. it's like oh, that's oh, that, that,
0: that's funny. It's more like charming funny. It's like
1: okay.
0: it's like charming wholesome funny, which is could be very interesting. That's true. Because uh, Deadpool yeah. is not wholesome.
1: No, but or I those,
0: mean those, those first two. For, or at least the first one with his relationship with Vanessa. That was at least wholesome.
1: Didn't Reynolds pick these girls out, though? He saw, like, they did something on the show or something, and he wanted them to? Yeah. Yeah, so if Reynolds yeah, sees Reynolds, something it, in yeah, it, then it, there's got to be something there. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. I feel like... Yeah, I, I understand, though, because Deadpool's sense of humor is very specific. So you got to make sure you got writers Mm -hmm. who can handle that kind of sense of humor and are okay with it, and like going that direction. Mm -hmm. You know. Agreed,
0: agreed. But yeah, no, this this will be interesting. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. Um, Following a lengthy search, uh, Paramount Pictures and Hasbro Studios have uh, set Steven Cable Jr. Um, He directed Creed 2 to direct the new Transformers pick in their re invented universe. After meeting with top executives including Paramount Motion Pictures President Emma Watts who used to actually run Fox before it was um, absorbed by the mouse. Um, the studio saw Campbell as the best fit for the franchise that the studio chose to revamp at the top of the year. In January, In January, the studio made the decision to give the franchise a revamp by having two simultaneous scripts that are in active development, one by Gene Vanderbilt, which is a spinoff based off of the um, uh, Beast Wars storyline and one by Joby Harold, which would be a continuation from the events of 2018's Bumblebee. Harold's film would eventually would be chosen as the next installer in the franchise. And once he gives the final touches on the script at the end of the summer, the studio will be, um, or, um, the studio will be taking uh, director pitches on the next film, which has resulted in Steven Cowell Jr. taking the, taking, um, taking the gig. Um, a start date for filming is predicted to start in mid um, 2021. So, yeah, um, I haven't seen actually Creed two. I
1: haven't seen Creed two. So, is this a follow up to the Bumblebee movie that came out?
0: I think so. I'm hearing also other non confirmed stuff about this. Apparently, they so are I actually like to- that movie. Yeah, I like that movie as well. And I figured that they were going to bring and the and again, I'm not trying to crap on cable here. Um, again, I haven't seen Creed two, so I mm. can't really talk about his directing or anything like that. But I think they were gonna try to bring back Travis Knight for the sequel, but I guess yeah. that didn't work out. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he um, can
1: do it or something, or didn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't also, know. I mean, it's cre- Like you're right. I haven't seen Creed two either, so I can't really say anything about direction or anything like that. But mm-hmm. it makes sense. I really think that that first Bumblebee movie was good. So if this is related to that in some sense or something, mm-hmm. um. I think that's good.
0: Yeah. I I don't yeah, it, it doesn't say whether like it's going to be a sequel or a spin-off and I haven't been able, been able to find any um r- anything about that or not. Mm, so Okay. That's going to be interesting. Although I did hear and again this is unofficial so I can't so take this with a very very big grain of salt, but apparently this is a big part of a big huge Hatcher cinematic universe which is going to include G.I. Joe and potentially the Power
1: Rangers. Interesting. Huh.
0: So, that that's going to be a whole thing.
1: Hmm. Well, I guess we'll see. How, I guess they're probably just waiting to see how this goes. Because um, I feel like for the most part, I know we all got burnt out on Transformers after all those original movies and stuff. But yeah. I feel like this Bumblebee reboot that happened, what was it, 2018? Yeah. Um, Was actually like i think a lot of people actually like enjoyed it because it kind of got back to the roots and stuff and it was more of like an origin Mm -hmm. kind of story and stuff but Mm -hmm. i guess in a way i don't even know how to describe it but um i enjoyed it so if they can kind of keep that kind of same vein or something i think Mm -hmm. it has a lot of potential Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: Anyways, um, moving on to our next topic. Per statement from Warner Media, HBO has given the series order to the drama *The Last of Us*. The series will be written by Craig Madison, who did uh, *Chernobyl* for them, and uh, the, and series cre- and uh, video game and the um, creator of the actual thing, uh, Neil Druckmann. Uh, for the synopsis, um, based on the critically acclaimed video game, the story takes place twenty years after mankind civilization has been destroyed. Joel, uh, hardened survivor, is hired to smuggle. Ellie, a 14-year-old girl out of an oppressive quarantine zone, which starts as a small job soon becomes a brutal, heartbreaking journey as they must travel, traverse across the U.S. and depend on each other for survival. Have you played this game?
1: No, I've seen a lot of um, gameplay on YouTube, though. And there is a lot of story in this game.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I'm
1: not surprised that they announced the series. Mm-hmm. glad it's hbo because there's no way it could be on anywhere else no way. yeah
0: yeah no um yeah,
1: no. so i made it's a lot of sense um mm-hmm. it has a lot of potential um i could really i could see it if it's done well becoming sort of the next big zombie show like walking dead was when mm-hmm. that premiered um mm-hmm. it has a lot of potential
0: yeah. um yeah and i'm i'm with you on there especially given that um they got their top talent, um, Chernobyl, which won a bunch of Emmys, I think, the year before last. Crane mm-hmm. Manson on it. And so, yeah, no, I'm, v- I'm very curious about this. Again, I've only seen, like, a couple of gameplay bits of it. Mm-hmm. And I know that the sequel was very controversial.
1: Yeah, there's, there is a lot. I know, the sequel was controversial because of stuff that happened. and But there, there is a lot of story that they could do in this. So I'm very interested to see how this happens, see how this goes.
0: Oh, guess who's joining uh, Stranger Things season four?
1: Who's joining Stranger Things season four?
0: Freddy Krueger.
1: <laughs> oh my God!
0: Well, not not literally. Not literally. I don't yeah. think they have rights for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, Freddy Krueger and uh, a couple of and several other people will be uh, joining Stranger Things season four. Actor Robert England best known for his portrayal of uh, Freddy Krueger and the Nightmare on Elm Street films, will be joining season four of Stranger Things. England will be playing Victor Creel, the third and intimidating. In addition to England, we also have Harry Potter veteran Jimmy Campbell Bauer, who I believe was in that first attempt to do uh, the Mortal Instruments before the TV show.
1: Oh, he was, oh,
0: um, he, uh, I, I think I, you're I right. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't ask me how I know that. <laughs>
1: okay, I don't.
0: I just, I didn't, yeah, yeah, no.
1: He plays Um yeah, no. Wall <laughs> in Harry Potter. He plays young Grindelwald, I believe.
0: So oh, and he also that, plays Grindelwald in Harry. Yeah, that's what I, was, I was trying to figure out what his Harry Potter role was. Oh.
1: He is very minimal. He appears yeah. in Deathly Hallows. He's the guy in the window taking the Elder Wand. If you guys know what I'm talking about, um, uh,
0: he's the blonde okay. kid
1: oh, in the flashbacks. Um, yeah so uh, uh that, makes sense. that makes sense yeah yeah okay. so i honestly yeah. i don't know him as an actor um, but that's so- pretty cool i guess what do you think
0: yeah he he'll be playing a new series reg- um again i haven't um i've always really seen pieces of crimes of grindelwald so i can't really say anything mm-hmm. but um yeah um but he'll be playing a um, new series Drink Pierre Ballard, uh, a caring man who works as an orally at a psychiatric hospital. Tired of the brutality he witnessed day after day, uh, Pierre may be poised to take a stand. Yeah. Um, we also had, um, we're also going to get Eduardo Franco from Book Smart as Argo, a fun loving stoner who works at Surfer Boy Pizza, uh, Catherine the Great an actor Just Quint- Quinn as Eddie Munson, a metalhead who runs uh, the local Dungeons and Dragons club called the Hellfire Club. So we actually Ooh. got it. A- so That's we actually,
1: interesting.
0: yeah. So we actually got um some confirmation, some because um a little while ago I think one of the writers posted one of the titles.
1: Ooh, okay. And it was the
0: Hellfire Club. So,
1: mm, okay, yeah. that makes sense.
0: Yeah, um, Tom, I I can't pronounce his last name. Um, shot um, who played Jaccon, Um, uh, Jacqueline, um, Jacqueline, uh, uh the Ken, hi, Dracon, um. Or the man with no faces I like to call my Game of Thrones as Dimitri, a Russian prison guard who befriends um, Hopper. So mm-hmm. Looks like Hopper's gonna be in a Russian prison, <laughs> oh God. Um, Nicole Derushko as Yuri, a CED and unpredictable Russian smuggler who loves bad jokes, cold <laughs> hard cash, and crunchy peanut butter. Um, Mason Die as Jason Carver, a rich sports star whose perfect world begins to unravel in the face of a new evil. And uh, Sher- uh, Sherman Augustus, um, as lieutenant colonel sullivan a no-nonsense man who believes he knows how to stop the evil and hawkins once and for all joined mm-hmm. the cast as well so yeah we got some pe- we got a lot of people joining this, this
1: lots event. of new people so that means gotta get some interesting new perspectives i guess yeah. um yeah do you do we know if they're filming right now? Because I know they were film- They were about to start filming or they were like at the beginning of filming and then they got shut down because of Corona.
0: I think they're currently filming right now. I think they were able to start back up. Okay. I think, I think they were able to start back up and I think they're filming right now, if I'm, so, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Maybe we might get it end of next year, early the following.
0: Probably. That's, that's probably my guess.
1: Yeah, that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also,
0: I don't know if they're still doing four and five together because I know that that was one of the original plans before COVID.
1: Oh, oh, those those were gonna be like back to back episodes or like one big episode.
0: Or I no four and five um season together.
1: Oh, oh, okay. I
0: don't know. I don't know if they're still doing that because of COVID, but um, you know, we'll we'll have to see.
1: Might be smart just to do that just so because if you have them all there already
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you have them being tested and everything for COVID. Makes sense to me. I could be around though. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I know they were able to get some stuff done beforehand. I think that um, I know that they were able to get like the Russian stuff done. Mm -hmm. Which means oh god we're going to see Hopper in a Russian prison.
1: It's going to be intense. I don't know. I'm just glad that I'm glad that they posted that little teaser that we know he's okay like alive. At the end, um, whenever they release it right before all the Coretta stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least, like, we're not still wondering if he's dead or alive or what's yeah. going on.
0: I just wonder how the fuck we're going to get him out.
1: They, it's going to be their explanation for that is going to be super interesting because they're going to have to come up with something. And I'm very yeah. curious to see what they decide to do.
0: Because obviously, the kids can't go to Russia. Like, the kids can't go to Russia.
1: Sure, I don't know.
0: Can't, they can't go to Russia because th- th- that would just be a whole but then again also they infiltrated a Russian base like last season.
1: I feel like they're gonna be they're gonna be separated. Like we're gonna have groups. We're gonna have mm-hmm. Hopper and his crew in Russia in the prison. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have um Mike and Nancy and the and the Wheelers and Hawkins, and then we're gonna have um Will and Eleven and um jonathan because they moved away
0: all right anyways moving on to our next topic we have a new predator movie in the works with uh, a director from 10 clover lane doing it um, according to the deadline uh 20th century studios has engaged 10 clover lane director dan Trachtenberg to direct the fifth installment in the predator series the script is being written by patrick asan who produced her writing credits include the series kingdom jack ryan and treadstone Plotlines are being kept on the wrap, but then like says that it will not be a continuation of the 2018 Predator, which really sucked, um, which was directed by Shane Black, who played Hawkins in the original 1987 movie. Are you a fan of the Predator? I know you don't do horror.
1: I really don't. I know of these movies, but I honestly never seen them, so I honestly couldn't tell you. What do you think about it? I know (laughs) you probably know a lot more than I do.
0: Um, It's interesting. Uh, Again, I like Dragonberg. I like Dan Dragonberg. I'm very. Mm-hmm. I, I know he was was supposed to do Uncharted, but um, they were created differences with the studio, so he bailed. Um, he oh, also okay. did the pilot for The Boys.
1: Oh, okay, that's cool. For
0: to The Boys, so that's really cool, and I'm, I'm very curious to see what take they're gonna be because I've heard um, this wasn't official, and this wasn't with the official report, but apparently, it's gonna be set. I guess um, I don't. I don't know, and I can't hundred percent confirm this or not. But mm, okay. um but apparently one of the premises that was gonna be, I guess, set during the Old West or follow a Native American woman as she like rises up from the ranks, mm. ranks, and I guess it was gonna involve predator the predator somehow. I don't know. I was uh, when I looked at that report, which was from Discussingfilm dot com,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um I wasn't hundred percent clear on that, but uh okay. but yeah, no, this is gonna be very interesting. So
1: Yeah. Should be cool.
0: Yeah. Anyways, on to our next topic, we have a New James Bond game in the works. Have um, they ever first, made a
1: James Bond game before?
0: They have. They um, there was a Golden back in the day for like oh, okay. I guess the Nintendo.
1: Oh, I remember that one now. Okay. Yeah,
0: there's there's been a few, I think, and uh, I think there was one. I, can't, I guess there. Um, I think it's twenty twelve or twenty thirteen.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. So
0: there's that um yeah so uh, per statement on uh, twitter and their official website uh project 007 working title is a brand new video game to be developed and published by io interactive featuring a wholly original bond story players will get to step into the shoes of the wor- world's favorite secret agent to earn their 00 status in the very first uh James bond origin story uh io interactive is a danish video game developer responsible for creating and developing the hitman franchise. Chives with their next game, Hitman Three, set so for release in 2021. So yeah, though, this is gonna be interesting.
1: Yeah, this should be cool. This should be yeah. fun.
0: Have you ever played the Hitman games?
1: No, not really. I'm not into the shooter games. I'm more into like um, Mario, Zelda, which is like a kind of like a fighting game, but more like sword, um, Tomb Raider, that kind of stuff. So right. I think. I don't. I don't really play like COD or. Um, Fortnite or like what is the other one? Rainbow Six Siege. Uh-huh. I think uh-huh. my brother is an expert in all those things, so he's the guy to go ask about those g- those kind of games. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm only familiar with it. Hit Hitman because of the two really bad movies.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Moving on to our next topic, we got a new Wonder Girl series. Um, the CW is the only Wonder Girl, a drama series based on the DC characters, created by Joel Jones, tailing from the Queen of the South executive producer and co-showrunner, Dalen Rodriguez, and producer Greg Berlanti, Berlanti Productions. Written by Rodriguez, the series will focus on Yara Flor, a Latina dreamer who dream- who is born of an Amazon- Amazonian warrior and a Brazilian river god. Um, who learns that she is Wonder Girl with her newfound power? She must fight the evil forces that seek to this world. Uh, stemming from our comic uh, character of the same name, Yara will make her f- comic book appearance um, slash debut this January in Future State Wonder Woman, um, a part as a part of uh, DC's Future State event, written by, written by, and drawn by uh, Jones. Uh, this also marks the first Latina superhero title of a DC TV series. Um, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Um, this is cool um greg berlanti producing another super, superhero show no surprise mm-hmm. um um and yeah it sounds pretty- mm-hmm. add some more female heroes um cw which is cool mm-hmm. <laughs> um what do you think about it
0: i'm i'm curious about this um again i haven't read the um title the feature safe comment, but it sounds pretty cool and Again, it does, Given that um, Supergirl almost is ending this this season, sorry. Um, it's a nice replacement, mm-hmm. so there's that. So yeah, overall, I'm really curious about this, and I can't wait to see it. Anyways, mo- moving on to our next topic. Um, according to the direct, uh, the website, the direct, uh, the Green Lantern series we um, will see uh, Bree Jart. So we got some character descriptions and stuff. One of the characters, Bree Jarta, and Guy Garner will be partnering up in 1984. During this time period, they will be facing off against the Dominators. Um, also known as the Dominion. The Dominators uh, was previously in the CWDC crossover event Invasion, which had Green Arrow, Supergirl, and The Flash, among others, crossover for the very first time. So yeah, we're seeing those guys again.
1: Yeah, Dominators coming back. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. In addition, uh, we also have character description for three of the five characters. Uh, Guy Gardner. Okay. White male 30s, a hulking masculinity as rendered in the comics. Guy is a personification of the hyper-patriotism found in the 1980s that birthed Hulk Hogan and Rambo. However, Guy is still likable. He might act foolish, but he's not a fool. Guy loves his daughter and wife with all his heart, partying, fast-driving, hot-tempered heart. But like many alpha males, there is a deep undercurrent of pain driving it all. Ray Jarta, black female 30s. A uh, few lanterns take their commitment to the corpse and its purpose more seriously more seriously than Brie. Um, Brie is half human, is the half she works hard to forget. Um, Brie has an alien mother and a human father. However, she was raised on a much more enlightened planet within an advanced society. Um, Brie outworked her peers and earned her ring only to find herself partnered with Guy Gardner. Um, and then we got Alan Scott, white male, 28, from the outside. Alan is the model of the early 1940s, the image of a gene man. Um, Alan is handsome, clean shaven, and well dressed without a hair out of place. He has spent his young life trying to personify truth, justice, and the American way, uh, much like a, another superhero. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. Um, <laughs> that, that was That was me. Um, he is already a household name in LA and is seen as a hero thanks to positive press coverage. However, for all of Alan's honesty, there is one huge lie that has followed him he is a gay man. In fact, in this era, it could cost him his job or even his life. The show will also have a TVMA rating due to its violence and profanity, and will be delving into racial and social topics, such as Imler and HBO's Watchmen.
1: Interesting.
0: So, yeah, no, this is this is really interesting, I'm really curious to see um, again, yeah. with both the um, Dominators, as well as what the show will be delving into. It seems mm-hmm. like it's going to be definitely a big contrast from what we use from, well, I mean, the only really other thing from Green Lantern was the 2011 movie.
1: That's true, yeah. So,
0: yeah. Anyways, um, moving on to our next topic. Uh, according to Variety, Black Lightning will end its run on the CW after its upcoming fourth season. News of the series ends come over a week after the CW ordered a Backdoor Pilot for a potential spinoff, um, centered around the character Painkiller. Uh, when we first started this Black Lightning journey, I knew that just Jefferson Pierce and his family of powerful Black women would be a unique addition to the superhero genre, series developer and executive producer, Shalem McKeira said in a statement, the love that blurred um, and all comic book fans around the globe have shown the series over the past three seasons prove what we imagine Black people want to see themselves. In all their complexity, he continued, "Thank um, thank you to this phenomenal cast of writers, cast, writers, and crew whom without whom none of this would be possible. Akira continues. I'm incredibly proud of the work we've been able to do do, and the moments we've been able to create in bringing DC's uh, first African-American family of superheroes to life for the culture. I'm very grateful to Peter Roth, Warner Brothers TV, Mark Peders, The CW Network, and Greg Palantino. For all their partnership and support of my vision at every step of this journey. While season four may be the end of one journey, I'm excited to usher in a new chapter and continue collaboration with the CW as we tell the story of Painkiller. Season four is sl- is slated to early uh, to air early next year. So yeah, Black Lightning's ending.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel stupid now because when they announced the Painkiller spinoff, that should have been alarm bells kind of in the back of the head. Like mm-hmm. opening up. Um, it's sad. Um, but they never really integrated them into the other shows of the Arrowverse, really. They did a, a little bit with the last crossover, but they were pretty separate the whole time, which I feel like was a good and bad thing. Because I feel like the the united universe of those shows is kind of what makes it mm-hmm. adds a in, very interesting element to it, and then but also keeping it separate is also good too because then you can really focus on what you want to do. You don't have to like worry about the other shows and stuff too. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just sad. Um, yeah. What do you think?
0: I'm, you know, as someone that have again, I really liked season one, and unfortunately, I felt I dropped off, which is yeah, kind of my yeah, which is kind of my fault. I mean, there's a lot of shows, and unfortunately, Black Lightning. Dropped off. um mm-hmm. Again, I also heard that the ratings weren't um, weren't as great as the other one. So it's like you know, let's just let's end this. And I mean, it's understandable. And it, but it does seem like the painkiller series is going to continue the Black Lightning part of that universe. So yeah, I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, no. Um, again, um, we're we're losing some people on the CW side. Um, Supergirl, they're really,
1: they're Black really, Lightning, yeah. Arrow's gone. I know, they're really integrating phase two, kind of like the second phase of these heroes, Um, which I don't know how I feel about. I'm I'm a little excited, but I'm also like, I feel like they kind of caught lightning in a bottle, and I don't know if they're going to be able to keep it going.
0: Yeah, it also doesn't Um, unless
1: there's some big changes.
0: Yeah, it also doesn't help that we now have like a literal streaming service. Yeah, where we can put most of yeah. these shows on, it, especially with the success of Doom Patrol.
1: Mm-hmm. So that, that So
0: yeah. Anyways, continuing on this. um, So we ca- so we kind of got a bit more clarification. Or so you remember that controversy we talked about last week? Mm-hmm. Um, in a new interview with uh, Jonia Davis, the writer, um, that got fired, uh, Nikki uh, Nadee Tucker explained how she and others. Um, would push for the show's producer to include more diverse faces. We kind of got more into this. Um, she did an interview with Jen, Janita Davis on Medium, and okay. this is what she said. Um, once the news became about the cast, um, began to come out about the casting of Superman and Lois. We saw that the villain was going to be black, and it just felt it, it felt like we needed to start pushing for diversity in other areas. Like let's look to have diversity in some of these supporting roles, but also we'll, but also uh, what's the background roles? Even the dude walking behind everything. Let's get that person to just not be just a standard whoever let's actually reflect the world and there was pushback on you know the pushback um was because the show films in canada and the showrunner uh todd helbing yeah (laughs) we might not be able to find actors of color in canada so we would have to bring them in or ship them in as it were and apparently she wasn't the only one that complained about this as several writers of color several black writers several female writers i know a few writers came to me with things Came to me with things that I had to, um, I had to bring up with the showrunner and people above me, and we did. There was also, and this is more in the art, more in the article where I found this from. They also um, pushed for diversity with some of the casting, including um, um, Martha and Jonathan Kent, because they're Superman's adoptive parent. They can literally be anything in the world, and we got pushback on that. They were cast, I'm sure, with great actors. Martha ended up, Martha ended up having to be recast. Again, we pushed for diversity. Again, we were ignored. Nor stuff like that just adds up and you see the results on screen.
1: Yep. I it's such a so it's oh my God. Um I'm sorry. This is we can I am very new, well, not as new anymore, but I am becoming very aware of the CW. More and more each year, and how it runs, and stuff, and what they prioritize, and stuff. And this is becoming a very CW thing. The Flash Tom helping was the co was it was the showrunner of Flash for a couple years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: until um, so I'm not
1: surprised. Forever. Unfortunately, I'm not very surprised because I feel like. The Flash did something incredible by casting the West family as people of color. That mm-hmm. so was a very good idea to do. And it was very nice. No- it was like, it was a good idea. It mm-hmm. got diversity. It was cool. They got good actors. I mean, you got Jesse L. Martin, you got mm-hmm. Candace Patton mm-hmm. you Got um, Oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Um, can,
0: um, can, ugh, fuck, I can't pronounce his name. I don't um, know how to pronounce it. Um, I I know can uh, Ken Ken, Ken Kenya uh, Lonsdale.
1: Yeah, Lonsdale. Yeah, he's great too. Mm-hmm. But they don't get like if you're it's, you have to give them story, give them mm-hmm. good story, and they don't freaking do that. And the fact that she said that she wasn't the only one who noticed these problems, mm-hmm. it's just this is what. I was worried about when Tom Helping went over to Superman. Is that they we're going to have these kind of problems? And it's showing that we are. Um, it's just a very CW thing. And until they really do something about it, it's not going to change.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and yeah. it's just like the comment about not finding actors of color. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. a
0: bunch of bullshit.
1: Not great. mean yeah. I, I honestly. I don't know the demographic up in Canada, especially up in Vancouver, where they are. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, but I do know, I'm pretty sure they're predominantly white, which is like, okay. Like you're not even gonna have the willingness to bring people in. Like. I just, I mean,
0: I, I, I don't wanna say I get it, but I also just, I'm like, really, wow. I mean, I guess they're trying to reduce the amount of people they have to ship in from, because of COVID.
1: If that's if it's COVID related and they don't want to bring people in, that's a different that's a different situation. Mm-hmm. I can understand that because COVID has changed a lot of protocols for everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense if that's the reason. I doubt it. I but it depends on when they decided to do that. Like if this was before COVID, then that's not okay. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's just frustrating and <laughs> It feels like the CW is the most progressive and not the most progressive channel (laughs) on TV. I don't understand. It's so conflicting.
0: I know. It's just
1: so frustrating because you have like the CW has. I I feel like the most diverse amount. Like they have LGBT people. They have people of color. They have like bunch the of superheroes they have uh supernatural like they have all these different mm-hmm. things and they could be super progressive
0: mm-hmm. and
1: stuff and they could and they want to make that their thing They dare to defy promo things that they do every once in a while
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can't do that if you don't back it up in your shows and they're there it's like I, I know you guys can't see me, but this is like this push and pull thing happening right now, mm-hmm. and I don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, Um
1: unless something dra- like really drastic, I mean, like really drastically changes. I feel like we're going to kind of be stuck in this like mm-hmm. circle for a while. Yeah,
0: and as someone that does want to work in the industry, as a person of color that wants to work in the industry, I'm just mm-hmm. like that's a bunch of bullshit. I know. You, you could definitely try to find actors in Canada. Again, I understand it if it's because of COVID, and you want to reduce the amount of actors. That's a whole entire different situation, and that's... Yeah. But if this is because you just can't find, or you're too lazy to find it, it's like...
1: Uh, and this is nothing against the casting. I'm sure all the people who are casted are wonderful people and are mm-hmm. talented. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're saying. It's just there's such a limited amount of people of color and of different demographics on tv in general mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we should try to give them these kind of opportunities
0: mm-hmm. and
1: stuff it's just very very frustrating
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But, yeah, I don't
0: know. Um, yeah, mm, yeah. Sorry if I
1: ran out of rant. <laughs> it, it, it's <laughs> it okay.
0: I I, I'm a, I agree with you 100% on that rant. Because it's just like, ah, oh, sweet. Just, just, just
1: it, it really, it, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like it's back and forth to the CW. They make two steps forward and then three steps back. Isn't that like our in. country? Isn't
0: that technically kind of like our country right now? That's
1: true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's, it's, it's exhausting. Awesome. And, yeah, that's a whole other conversation that I don't have the mind, the mind power to go into right now. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, moving on to our next topic. Um, mm-hmm. So Terrence Winter, um, the Boardwalk uh, Empire creator, um, is, leaves, it, has left the um, Batman TV spinoff on HBO Max. According to THR, uh, Terrence Winter, the Boardwalk Empire creator, who was poised to write and serve as showrunner on Matt Reeves' TV spinoff of the Bat- Batman, um, has the part of the HO Max series sources say that creative differences are to blame as Winter's vision for the drama did not match what Reeves and other producers had in mind? A search is underway for the for a new showrunner for this untitled drama. Um, yeah. Well, this happened. Yeah, it's
1: it's something, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and yeah, and I, you know, this is also very interesting because
1: I I think this
0: news got. I was listening to Fat. I was listening to um, the chemistry pack fact- Fat and Beyond, and I didn't realize this. And I think this news came up before the whole Black Lives Matter movement, and as we started kind of having a kind of reckoning, especially with, you know, the amount of police presence in film and television.
1: Which, mm-hmm.
0: as someone that is a writer and also as a person of color, I'm still having that recognition as a my own, as my own, yeah. because there are still movies with cops in them that I do that I do like. For example, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But they're really only in Cop name Only. In fact, I think personally my favorite cop movie, or at least my favorite cop movie is Hot Fuzz. But then also I'm not a fan of shows like Law and Order. And yeah. that's mostly for structural reasons, but I also have a feeling that another reason why is because you know. Uh, yeah. And even shows, and, and keep in mind, this is also coming from someone that also loves Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, I love that show. But I love mm-hmm. that show because it's a workplace comedy first, cop show second hmm And I'm I think we're just also having, starting to have a kind of reckoning with that. And it's also I don't know. It's weird. It's really weird reckoning. And again, the show is about like a um a crooked cost point of view. It serves as a prequel to um and it serves as a prequel to his um Bat to Reads' Batman Year Two movie, while um Batman Year One well Batman Year One is um well the show was being said, um during like the first year of Batman, where a mass vigilante starts to unrestle the city. Yeah. And I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I, I don't know. I, honestly, I honestly don't. But that's just the only prediction I have of like what potentially could have happened behind the scenes. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no. I guess we're gonna have to get a new showrunner. Um, hmm. So yeah, no. Uh, yeah. I
1: agree with you. It's. I agree. I agree. It's i don't have anything else to add i think what you said was right and well police procedurals and stuff like that people are being more thoughtful about it um and stuff and i don't know just tricky situation but yeah they'll have to go find somebody else i guess yeah i think they will yeah
0: they probably so. will. anyways mm-hmm. moving on um so this is gonna so um Universal Inc. A shortened release window for their for the films. According to Deadline, Universal Film Entertainment Group's new multi-year deal with Cinema calls for a 31-day theatrical window on those Universal and Focus feature titles, opening to north of $50 million at the domestic box office and 17 days on all titles upper opening to under $50 million. Um, so essentially, if the movie makes 100 um, makes $50 makes $50 million dollars on its first weekend, or if it makes then it goes to then after 31 days it goes it stays in the theater for 31 days and then it goes um, goes to VMT. and then if it doesn't mm-hmm. if it doesn't then it's like half that. And this is interesting because normally it's about three the, the release window is about 16 to 90 days so they' uh, they're shortening it. Um, sources says about
1: yeah
0: about uh, 10% a of, P of uh, private video on demand revenue on a child that hasn't set for exhibition. On that share, uh, AMC and Cinemark respectively get 15 to 17 percent of that, which translates to like about like one or two of the entire POVD plot, which of which a major studio typically realizes 80 percent uh, in money. So yeah, that's kind of how the de- what the details of the contract is. And this is interesting because this is now the second suit second. Um, um, this is now the second theater chain Universal has made the deal with, because they made a similar deal with AMC back when you know the pandemic started, essentially.
1: Interesting. Hmm.
0: And this is, I think, going to start changing things, especially with our next topic. Yeah. Um, So, Warner's has made a final decision on what they're going to do with Wonder Woman 1984, which is going to be released in theaters and HBO Max simultaneously on Christmas Day. Per statement um, and a press release from Warner Media, uh, Warner Brothers Pictures has announced its highly anticipated superhero temple film, *Wonder Woman 1984*, will simultaneously in theaters and on the HBO Max streaming platform in the U.S. on December 25th, while to be theatrically in international markets a week earlier, starting on December 16th, the film will be available on a month. Uh, yeah, sound like a party pick. Uh, the film will be available for a month on HBO Max in the U.S included with no additional cost to subscribers uh patty jenkins saying at some point you gotta have to choose to share any love and joy you have to give over anything else we love our movie as we love our fans so we hope that our film brings a little joy and reprieve to you this holiday season in addition um hbo Max, up uh, not hbo max uh warner media ceo jason killer um uh, released a detail a longer statement saying today we announced Wonder Woman 1984, the eagerly anticipated temple film by Paige Jacobs with Gail Gadot and Chris Pine uh, re- President's role as Rose, Diana Prince of State Trevor. It's going to be released in theaters on HBO, uh, going to be released in theaters on December 25th. In the U.S., we will also be making this remarkable movie available on HBO Max with no additional cost the same day that Wonder Woman 1984 premieres in theaters for the first month of the release. For a movie the scale, this is unprecedented. Given that, we want to share some context. There are many factors um, there are many things yeah sorry um, there are many things that factor into a decision like this um, sorry everyone this is a very long statement
1: it's okay um,
0: you're good it is very long yeah um, like this the pandemic our belief in the theatrical experience and to that end the importance of exhibitors our mission to be strong and support partners the Patty Gale producer Chuck Rovin and the entire 14 and finally the fans we're which is where important like decisions like this should always start and should always end. We, of course, are in an extraordinary moment. This patch, um, this entails a patchwork of regulations, geographical concerns, and most importantly, fan preference. With that in mind, we see an opportunity to so do something firmly focused on the fans to give them the power to choose between going to their local cinema or opening on HBO Max. Super fans will look like choose both, and which he's not wrong about that. <laughs> um, this incredible movie will be available both ways in the U.S. on the same exact date. If you are fortunate enough to live in a place where theaters are open, we believe we are offering a great option given the cinema state protocols our partners have in place. With that, exhibitors are offering a movie going experience, which shows distancing, masks, cleaning, and ventilation protocols. On the other hand, if you and your family prefer to stay in and make your popcorn this holiday, um, we want to share the experience of 1984 with you the exact same day on HBO Max it is your decision to make. We are committed to the theatrical experience, and we believe in giving exhibitors a movie of this nature it is important right now. We believe that in theaters, because 100 million fans around the world value going to the movies, and at, and for a long as fans seek out the theatrical experience, we will be there to serve them with great movies in partnership with exhibitors. Collectively, the fans get to say these things as they should. Came back to 101, 1984, we believe this decision will bring s- several benefits. The first, uh, most benefit is the is the fans the most unprecedented choice from day one. The second benefit is the exhibitors providing an eagerly anticipated movie and it must a much needed time where they take precautions into their own. Um, in their own operations. Finally, we believe that our creative partners and ourselves will benefit from this decision in the form of fan response both theatrically and via HBO Max in the U.S. I find it fascinating that we we will be measuring the performance in an entirely new way. To quote the Wizard of Oz, we're not in Kansas anymore. While we will pay attention to our theatrical um, revenues, our our expectations are clearly adjusted to COVID-19. In parallel, we will also be paying attention to the close there are families and fans diving into HBO Max as we clearly anticipate that a portion of the fans will enjoy Wonder Woman 1984 that way on opening day and beyond to provide a comparable a little over four million fans uh, enjoy the first Wonder Woman movie on its opening day in 2017 is that possible is that possible is that possible for that to happen again this Christmas Wonder Woman four between theaters and HBO Max we are excited to find out doing everything in our everything in our power to uh, provide the cho- uh, the power of choice, the fans. Many of us could use enough with the movie this holiday season. Um, yes, indeed. Um, we think that we think oh, Jesus Christ, this is so long. We we think we have that and more in Wonder 1984. We believe audiences are going to love every minute of this great movie, this holiday season. We are looking forward to sharing it in this unprecedented way. Jason Killer, um uh, Warner Media CEO and sources tell the deadline that one uh, Warner uh, Warner's Jesus. Um, Warners will make the terms Comfortable for exhibitors On the first um, Woman, on the first movie um, The studio took home about 60% domestic rental And on this one they could lower the terms To about 40-45 And then after um, after plays on HBO Max For a month this, um, The sequel will have an exclusive theatrical window Before going on VOD on day 61 That is the only way Warners could get Exhibitors to go along with this deal on uh, On the movie Yep so, yeah, fuck. Um.
1: Well, I'm glad they made a decision. Mm-hmm. I think it's the smartest decision to get the movie out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it sucks because this is obviously not what a gal and Patty Jenkins wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I think I really wanted this movie to be in theaters. Mm-hmm. But with the state of the world right now, and we don't know when all this is going to end. Mm-hmm. um it makes sense um it sucks and we'll just kind of see what happens i guess that's all we really can do what do you think
0: this is interesting um I, again you know we've been we've been both reporting on this as well as others about mm-hmm. whether or not this decision was going to happen um mm-hmm. the fact that they're doing both theaters and hbo max um simultaneously makes sense i mean makes sense i mean it, they. It is. It's definitely a contrast to, um, you know, what Disney tried to pull off with Mulan, which unfortunately did not go well for them. Because um, I, I, I don't. Because I don't. Because I think while they were able to get some a lot of people, I don't think they had a lot of people in terms of critical reception. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how they're going to, um, how they're going to do this. So on one hand. Um, I'm very curious and interested to see how they're going to pull this off. Um, I don't know if this is going to be the future of everything. So, mm-hmm. so you know, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I know that for me, at least. I mean i I want to see this in theaters first, and I and given that right now, because for those that don't know, or know, we both Jamie and I, we both live in California, and we just mm-hmm. went back. Kind of want to. They just scaled back everything.
1: Yeah, we went back to purple t- tier, which is basically very restrictive, no indoor dining, yeah. no any of that stuff. So, yeah,
0: and I think they also just impose like a curfew.
1: Yeah, there's going to be, I think there's going to be a statewide California curfew.
0: Mm-hmm. So, because of that, um, this changes everything. I, again, if the Metreon, I, I doubt it will be, but if the Metreon is open December 26th, I might see if I could try to um, maybe convince my. Uh, I, I might try to convince my folks to drop me off. I don't know. I'm really curious, and I I might I might do that. If not, I can just watch it from the comfort of my own room on my nice yeah. on my nice TV, which viewers can't see because we're a podcast. But <laughs> on my nice TV, my nice flat screen TV, and enjoy Christmas Day and on that level on that level i'm okay with that um i don't know if this is going to be the future of everything such as the theatrical exposition but you know we'll, we'll see and i think our next story is even gonna go into that a bit more so so yeah, yeah. um moving on to our next story and
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh deadline is reporting that due to the uncertainty of the thia- future theatrical marketplace disney has looked at launching a number of its upcoming temple family films on disney Plus instead of the theatrical bow that it that were envisioned when the films were developed in Greenlit. Um, these films being discussed that, to make that pivot are, Cre- are Cruella, the Craig Gisby directed live action, um, live action reimagining of the animated classic, um, I guess 101 Dimensions starring Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. Uh, the Robertson and Mecca's directed Pinocchio that has Tom Hanks starring and Peter Pan and Wendy. The David Lowry directed that has a grown up star, Garnish, Garnish star, um, Yara Shadari uh, set to play Tinkerbell. The studio is looking okay. at is looking at every option, and everything is under heavy consideration. Contingency planning as Disney plans to lean in directly on its direct-to-consumer initiative and continuing building up the juggernaut Disney Plus, whose subscriber numbers have brightened up brightened up a last quarter that would have otherwise looked bleak because of the wall-playing theme park and live-action entertainment that took from the pandemic. Covid pandemic also for everyone wondering what's going to happen with wonder woman and two a certain extent, star wars and stuff um that will not be on disney plus um it will not be on the streamer titling reports this is even reiterated in a statement from marvel studios black exe- widow yeah black widow um this is reiterated in a statement from marvel studios executive vice president victoria alonso shortly before warner's made their announcement winter 1984, in which she said it seems to me our film our films our films for theatrical distribution, we always said that we believe in this performance and, and it's very important we maintain that custom, the tradition of watching film, uh, watching certain films in com- community. Uh, with Avengers Endgame, we did the usual. Every Friday before a movie came out, we go see it with people who had never seen it. If you were to see it with those 500 people or the 1,000 or the 100 people in the theaters, um, what you feel when you see that movie with other people is something very different from one could feel in the living room with the four or five or six people who live in your house so she has a good point especially when it comes to that because you know end game was end game okay. and even with like every other marvel movie there is always that you get yeah, kind of like fan sort of feel yeah so
1: i agree like my thing is movies like black widow wonder woman those big movies they are made for theatrical Released. Mm-hmm. That's not debatable. That is 100% movies released for theaters to be a big deal, to be a big party, all that stuff. Have mm-hmm. fun. That is like 100% get that. But we are just living in a different state of the world right now. And so they're just having to adapt and they're holding out. And so we'll see what happens. Um, Warner's caved and decided. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to say caved. That sounds like it's a bad choice. But I think they made a good decision. Mm-hmm. And Disney's holding Black Widow till so, like we can go back to theaters again safely. Yeah. So, especially given that um, they
0: pushed the movie back into 2021.
1: Yeah. So uh, it makes sense for both. Like I, I get both decisions. I don't think either one is right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's personal choice and. Yeah, we'll just see what happens.
0: Yeah. Also, I mean, I also want to mention that as of right now, as of at least this recording, I mean, who knows mm-hmm. if this changed, we do have, in terms of the vaccine, a 93 to 94% um, rate on both the pilfer vaccine as well as by Moderna, and they've both been Fauci-approved.
1: That is true. Um, so. there, there has been some very good progress on the vaccine. Um, Fauci, I think, said something along the lines of hopefully... We'll start going back to normal in closer to April, and that's when we'll get some more vaccine stuff. Um, but we'll also have to see. But yeah, yeah, maybe this time next year we'll be okay and yeah. everything will be more normal, except which would be great. So
0: we, we can, I'm, I'm knocking on wood.
1: Cross our fingers. Yeah, cross your fingers. Yeah.
0: Anyways, moving on to our recommendations thing for the day. Um, you ready? Cover Mandalorian.
1: Yes, let's go. Um uh,
0: Mandalorian season two, episode four, The Siege, which was actually directed by um Um himself. Mm-hmm. Carl Weathers. Um for the most part I enjoyed it. The action was pretty cool. Um or I was happy to see um Grief and Cara Dune again on Navarro.
1: Me too. I I like them. I like uh what's her name, Kara? Is mm-hmm. that how you say it? she's awesome, she's mm-hmm. such a badass. She like her entrance when she's in that what is it like that bar or that mm-hmm. building was so cool um yeah. and also she's i love great
0: also i love that grief is i I'm, I'm okay not gonna lie when i was watching the episode i called grief uncle um i called grief like uncle grief
1: yeah that's he,
0: he just loves that little creature yeah yeah um also just um uh, speaking of baby yoda um baby yoda in the macaroons
1: Oh, my gosh. Baby Yoda is <laughs> the greatest thing. And it, it's the smartest thing Star Wars has done in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's so great. Um, I'll show you something. We got hey. a little Baby Yoda ornament mm-hmm. for when we get a tree. Um, so I'm excited for that. But, yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah episode overall was good
0: Um, yeah um
1: real big cliffhangers i mean we all knew that the um general was alive
0: moff gideon yeah and he's he's developing something which might Mm -hmm. dark troopers which might be coming from some of the old legends video games they also have been in rebels so that's gonna be so that's gonna be be interesting
1: was he using baby yoda's blood is that what I, saying? Yeah, and
0: he was okay. using um, the dreaded M-word and, uh, midichlorians.
1: Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, also, it also has a connection with the trilo- um, sequel trilogy. I mean, th- we learned that the Empire was killing people.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah. That is true.
0: Also, I just want to say one of my favorite scenes of the episode was um, him with uh, Mando and Baby Yo like repairing the ship and it, and it reminded me of the Red Button scene with uh, Baby Groot and Rocket in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 <laughs>
1: Just, baby yoda is just so funny mm-hmm. oh my gosh he's so
0: yeah. great. and in addition also one of the um I, I i forgot the actor's name um but he's from um kim's convenience
1: oh yes i love him me me and my mom we watched kim's convenience um back in like march or april when quarantine went down and um Mr. Kim, he is great. We were so excited to see him, mm-hmm. and he he's a huge Star Wars fan, and he was super excited. Yeah. I was so glad to see him back for another episode for a little, yeah. like end scene. So cool. Yeah, no, this is gonna be interesting.
0: Also, next episode, um, is titled The Jedi, and it's Ooh. gonna be written and directed Ooh. by Dave Filoni, and we might be. It's like I, I have a feeling that we're, it's ninety percent sure we're gonna be meeting, um, Ahsoka. I'm.
1: I'm
0: excited. Yeah. And so excited. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited as well. I don't we don't know how much of a role she's gonna have in the series. And I just also given the fact that you know um there's a now a tracking beam on Din's ship, I it's know. likely that uh um, Moth Gideon will be doing it and we're probably gonna so, get big, huge, like super bad. So there there
1: is a spy, right? Obviously, or somebody like put it there.
0: Yeah, it was one of the um I guess You um, think
1: it's that guy because when he lands and right before they leave. Um, they say take care of the ship, repair the ship. They they pan back to this random guy, and he's like, he, he goes, mm-hmm. huh? And then they go back. I think it might be him.
0: Yeah, it was him. it was him. Um, there was a whole hologram thing. It was like, oh, it was him. So yeah, no, there's yeah. a tracking beam on there. Um, we I'm I'm really excited. Uh, cause just epic lightsaber duel, and also it's just be
1: cool, Ahsoka! I know. I'm super excited
0: yeah <laughs> but yeah no um also speaking of star wars something i watched this lego star wars holiday special
1: oh how was that
0: um overall i really enjoyed it the cameos were nice and ray re- interacting with the past um was hilarious um if you're a fan of the sequel trilogy or a like, fan of lego star wars in general i definitely recommend it okay yeah
1: very cool
0: and then also um so i watched uh run um it is di- it was directed and written by um Stev Oyan and um Anish. Kantari, um they did searching uh, with John Cho last um back in 2018 uh, which also I recommend if you haven't seen that mm-hmm. um pretty much involves this uh girl this girl who um by like Kira Allen who is stuck in a wheel who is stuck in a wheelchair and and her, her relationship with her mom uh, one day she kind of learns that things are not as they seem and something like really off um overall I really enjoyed this one um th- Uh, Sarah Paulson who plays the mom um, is I didn't appreciate her until this movie and now she's like my Uh, new favorite actress and I want to be in everything oh
1: yeah yeah Yeah. and
0: yeah and um she and here Allen are greatest at least with two oh the two actors having amazing chemistry uh the writer and director managed to create a tense shocking thriller leaving you on the edge of your seat I also want to give props to the cinematography, as it's fantastic, as well as the score by torn Brosdale, who um also does um score for um Netflix's Lock and Key, uh, with a oh. film. Overall, Run is definitely like one of my favorite movies, and I highly recommend checking it out. It's on Hulu. Go check it out. And then also, um I watched the supernatural series finale.
1: What did you think? I'm very curious.
0: So- I'm, I'm gonna give some context real quick. I'm more of a casual fan when it comes to series. I've only really mm-hmm. watched up to season eight, where I dropped off. That said, when the series announced when it was the ending, I decided that I would watch the season fourteen, only for me to stop watching after a few episodes. And but yeah, however, I decided to watch um, the finale episode, and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, the performances from Jerry and Jensen were great. It was nice to see Bobby won last time. Overall, while I do feel like. The CW probably should have stopped the series after season five, which was the original plan before, you know, the show became popular and stuff. Um, that was originally uh, the original showrunner, Eric Kripke's main plan. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a nice ending to The boys and their legacy as the of the longest running sci-fi show of all time.
1: Yeah. I'm, yeah. Fif- yeah. I, yeah. I follow somebody who's a huge Supernatural fan on Twitter and I was very interested to see how, it went for people and what they thought because it's i i feel like when the show goes on that long it's super hard to land the ending
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah i was super curious
0: yeah i i think again personally i'm more a fan of the first five seasons i think the ending for the first five seasons kind it works but i think in terms of just the overall legacy and just how much the show has meant to a lot of people mm-hmm. i think um i think it works so really? I give everyone just um, thumbs up, cool. thumbs up, and I, I won't lie. I did get a bit misty on when they started playing i um, Carry On, Aww. Carry On My Wayward Son" as that is the official theme song of the show.
1: Ah, that's cool. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Anyways, you said you had two recommendations.
1: I have two recommendations. So my first one is I watched the season four of The Crown. Mm-hmm. Um, so this season introduces Princess Diana and prince charles relationship and if you were alive during that time or if you know anything you know how tumultuous and crazy their Mm -hmm. dynamic is and how complicated that gets um the acting was good i the budget for this show is ridiculous because the cinematography and like the costumes and everything (laughs) are so good Mm -hmm. um the acting is fantastic. I thought the actress who played Princess Diana was really good. Um, Hell in the Bottom Carter is in this as Princess Margaret, which is Queen the Queen's sister. Um, and she is fantastic. Um, and the guy who plays Prince Charles plays a really good uh, kind of not so great dude. Um, and it's it overall. If you if you're into the Royals and and stuff, you would love this show. Um, I think they do a really good drama, dramatization of it um, and stuff. And I think it's really well acted and really well produced. Um, so that's my recommendation for The Crown. My second recommendation is I watched The Broken Hearts Gallery. <laughs> yeah, The Broken Hearts Gallery, which has which is a rom com um that was that has darcy montgomery as nick he is the red ranger in the power rangers movie and he's also um
0: billy from stranger things
1: billy billy from stranger things um he's really good we have um the girl who plays lucy i don't know how to pronounce her name
0: geraldine 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 v i can't pronounce her last name either
1: yeah she's fantastic. She plays the lead. she plays Lucy. she is really good. she's really funny mm-hmm. um, and stuff and she plays sort of the lead character and kind of goes through her journey and stuff. And then we also have um, Philippa Sue from Hamilton. She plays Eliza. she's great <gasps> and it's oh, 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 really funny. Eliza.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist.
1: The movie overall is really' is really charming. Um, I think it's really cute um it's pretty funny there's a lot of really funny parts um and overall I think it's like just a really sweet rom-com if you're interested in rom-coms it's really sweet so I really enjoyed it
0: yeah also I believe um and I remember seeing this but Christopher Nolan went to a theater I think in California because he lives in because he actually lived in California I thought he lived in London um and he actually went to go see it
1: oh that's cool
0: yeah this was (laughs) back a couple months ago but Yeah, no, it was one of the only few movies released like, you know, back when they originally were playing on releasing. Yeah,
1: it was supposed to be in theaters and they did put it I think maybe in a limited release or something not as Mm -hmm. big as they probably wanted to because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's also um, available to rent on Amazon and Apple and all those places. So So, if you're interested.
0: So yeah. Well, anyways, that will do it for our episode today. Um, So Take it away. Yeah.
1: So, so follow our social media pages. We're on Twitter at combo with two geeks and that's with the number two, not spelled out. Mm -hmm. Um, We're on Facebook and Instagram at conversation with two geeks. And we're also on um, also our email. If you feel like emailing us, if you have like a longer question or want to go into more detail, Um, we're at conversation with two geeks at gmail.com. Feel free to shoot us an email. We will respond and we'll even read it on the show. You send us an email. Um, and we will also include one link that will be to our main website anchor page, which will have all the links to everything. So if you ever feel like you want to reach out to us on different socials, we'll have it up there.
0: All right. Have a lovely weekend, everyone. And we most likely will be doing an episode next week. We're still trying to figure that part out. Um, mm-hmm. But um, for you know, giving us to to the season to be hungry.
1: Please
0: have a safe. Um, Again, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, people. Um, Safe, but nice Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you all next week.
1: See you guys next time, guys. All right. Bye-bye.